This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 29, the two questions that will open the windows of heaven. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path, come what may? My name is Lynette Shepard, and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter-day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Stand with Lynette. If you're here for the first time, I'm so glad you're here. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for trusting me with a few minutes of your time every week. I really, really feel honored to be your guide along this journey, and I'm so happy that you're here. I hope always that you hear something that will help you to strengthen your faith and put it into action. That's really my hope, is that you're not only learning, but that you're inspired to take action because we can absorb all of the information and we can listen to all of the podcasts and we can read all of the books and be on complete information overload. Has that ever happened to you? I know it has to me. I listen to all the things and I think, wow, that's a really great idea. Maybe I should do that. And then I don't ever do it. I don't ever actually apply it. And so when we're talking about matters of faith or really matters of anything, if we don't actually take steps to apply, we will never reap the benefits. And so I hope that you take these shine challenges that I give you every week and start to apply this stuff in your life. If it resonates with you, maybe everything I say doesn't resonate and you don't want to apply it and that is fine. But the things that resonate, that you can feel like, maybe if I do this, I will see some improvement in my faith or in my life, then I hope you will take the actions in order to implement them. And today we're going to talk about two questions that will open the windows of heaven for you. But before we get there, I want to tell you about a little poll that I did on my Instagram stories a few days ago. It was about this podcast, so it's relevant to what we're talking about today. I asked the people who follow me on Instagram if they had listened to the podcast to answer a question whether they would like to have me continue the podcast as is with just solo episodes with me teaching, which by the way, has been very purposeful. (laughs) There's a reason why I haven't introduced interviews up to this point. And well, there's a few reasons why, but I wanted to know if that was what people wanted. Do you want to hear interviews? And the kind of interviews that I am considering adding into the podcast are interviews with regular people. There's a lot of podcasts out there and a lot of them interview the same experts over and over again or over and over on multiple podcasts. You will hear the same experts teaching essentially the same things. And so if you listen to multiple podcasts, you may get a lot of repetition of those experts sharing their thoughts across different platforms. And I don't have any problem with that. That's awesome. But that's not necessarily what I want for this particular podcast because I'm talking about standing firm in your face standing firm in the gospel, I would love to know what that looks like for regular people 
who are trying to strengthen their faith, who are trying to stand firm in the gospel. So I asked my Instagram followers if they wanted to hear some interviews like that in combination with the solo episodes where I teach principles or if they wanted only interviews or if they wanted only solo episodes. And like 88%, I think, was the final number, said that they wanted to hear both. They wanted to hear interviews with people about how it looks to stand in their faith, in their particular um, situations in their lives, and have episodes with me teaching principles. So I think I'm going to give it a try and see how that goes. But in order to do that, I need people who would be willing to come on the podcast and talk to me and tell me about their story and tell me what that looks like for them so that we can hear other perspectives and so that we can understand how these principles might look different for different people in different circumstances, but how it's across the board, people are trying to strengthen their faith, at least the people that I want to interview, right? So, If that is you and you would be willing to be interviewed, to come on the podcast and chat with me for a few minutes, I will post a link in the episode description in the show notes that you can click on and fill out a little survey telling me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story so that I can get to know you a bit. And then I will contact you to schedule a time to interview to so that I can have you as a guest on the podcast. I would absolutely love that. So please take the initiative and be willing to talk to me. I would really, really love that. I can't do interviews if I don't have anybody to interview. So having said that, let's get into the topic for today, which again is the two questions that will open the windows of heaven. I want you to think about this. Have you ever imagined what you would ask the Savior, Jesus Christ, if you could spend just a few minutes with him today? Would you ask him about life's mysteries or points of doctrine that maybe you don't fully understand? Would you ask him about his life or his ministry or what it is like to be both human and God? I think I might have a few doctrinal questions to ask him, but... I think the question that I would be most excited to ask him is this, how can I better serve you given my spiritual gifts as well as my weaknesses and my limitations? What would he tell me if I could ask him that question? What advice would he have that would be specifically tailored for me? In the New Testament, there is an account of a rich young ruler who was also a follower of the master, Jesus Christ. He was already keeping the commandments, but asked Jesus a question we would all do well to ponder. What lack I yet? The Savior's answer to that question was not something the young man was willing to do. He told the rich young ruler to sell everything he had, give the money to the poor, and then to follow him. Rather than accepting the Savior's invitation, he went away sorrowing because he had many possessions. Back in October of 2015, Elder Larry R. Lawrence of the Quorum of the Seventy gave a talk in General Conference entitled, What Lack I Yet? In that landmark address, Elder Lawrence invited all of us to, quote, humbly ask the Lord the following question. 
What is keeping me from progressing? In other words, what lack I yet? Then wait quietly for a response. If you are sincere, the answer will soon become clear. It will be revelation intended just for you. Close quote. That talk left a big impression on me. And many times in the years since then, I have asked the Lord that same question. What lack I yet? And each time I have received advice from the master meant specifically for me. A couple of weeks ago in episode 26 of this podcast, I told you about one of those times. At that point, the Lord's clear instruction was for me to stop counseling him, something I did not even realize I was doing. You can go back and listen to episode 26 for the full story, but I learned very quickly in that instance that the Lord was very aware of my life. He is very aware of my actions. He knows my weaknesses very well. He, in fact, knows me better than I know myself and will tell me with crystal clarity exactly what I need to do to leave the world behind and to fully follow him. I do not need to wait until the Savior comes in the flesh for me to ask him how I can better serve and follow him. That information is available to me right now through asking that question, what lack I yet? In October of 2019, President Nelson taught the women of the church how to access the power of God in their lives. Part of this endeavor, he explained, will require you to put aside many things of the world, to examine your life meticulously and regularly. He promised that in doing so, the Holy Ghost will prompt you about what is no longer needful, what is no longer worthy of your time and attention. A few years ago, I decided that I was going to become a minimalist. I have always loved decluttering and getting rid of things is my personal love language. Visual clutter tends to stress me out and getting rid of stuff makes me feel so happy and free. So when the minimalism movement started to gain steam, it did not take much to convince me that I belonged in that arena. I started by going through all of my stuff and making piles of things I had not used in over a year. Then I moved to the kitchen and living room and bathrooms, going through every single thing and getting rid of what felt like excess. I took boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff to the local Goodwill and Desert Industries and threw many bags of stuff into the dumpster outside my house. Then I moved to my kids' rooms. We soon had piles and piles of toys and games and clothes that the kids no longer used. Those two went to the donation center. I tried to go through my husband's stuff and got rid of a few things I thought he no longer needed, but I would actually not recommend taking that route. It did not go well, and I was soon looking through bags of trash for his treasures that did not seem like treasures to me, which is why I got rid of them in the first place. But that, my friends, is another story for another day. The point is that with each bag of trash I threw away or every box of gently used items I donated, I could breathe a little easier. It felt like freedom to me. The process of walking away from the world is similar to the process of decluttering. Setting aside worldly pursuits that are no longer serving us allows us to breathe easier. It allows us to see the world, ourselves, and God in a fresh new light. 
The Bible dictionary teaches us that the Greek word for repentance denotes a change of mind, a fresh view about God, about oneself, and about the world. Therefore, letting the world go, little by little, is a form of repentance. According to President Russell M. Nelson, quote, nothing is more liberating, more ennobling, or more crucial to our individual progression than is regular, daily focus on repentance. Repentance is not an event. It is a process. It is the key to happiness and peace of mind, close quote. As we walk further away from the world and closer to the Lord, we hear him more readily. We find happiness and peace of mind, and we have greater access to his power. Those three blessings will act like a life preserver, helping us stay spiritually strong amid the intensifying storm of conflicting words and ideas. In her October 2020 General Conference address entitled, Eyes to See, Sister Michelle Craig explains, quote, as I pray for the Lord to open my eyes to see things I might not normally see, I often ask myself two questions and pay attention to the impressions that come. What am I doing that I should stop doing? And what am I not doing that I should start doing? Months ago during the sacrament, I asked myself these questions and was surprised by the impression that came. Stop looking at your phone when you are waiting in lines. Looking at my phone in lines had become almost automatic. I found it a good time to multitask, catch up on email, look at headlines, or scroll through a social media feed. The next morning, I found myself waiting in a long line at the store. I pulled out my phone and then remembered the impression I had received. I put my phone away and looked around. I saw an elderly gentleman in line ahead of me. His cart was empty except for a few cans of cat food. I felt a little awkward but said something really clever like... I can see you have a cat. He said that a storm was coming and he did not want to be caught without cat food. We visited briefly and then he turned to me and said, You know, I haven't told anyone this, but today is my birthday. My heart melted. I wished him a happy birthday and offered a silent prayer of thanks that I had not been on my phone and missed an opportunity to truly see and connect with another person who needed it. Close quote. I like to call this process of seeking revelation for what to start doing and what to stop doing, trading up. Or, in other words, trading one less supportive habit or practice for a better one. And instead of asking, what am I doing that I should stop doing? And what am I not doing that I should start doing? I change the wording to this. What is the number one most important thing I can start doing that will most transform my life? And what is the number one most important thing I can stop doing that will most transform my life? I then take those questions to the Lord and use the answers as guidance for what trade would be the most beneficial for me. I have learned through doing this, however, that the things that come to mind when I ask the Lord these questions may not be overtly spiritual in nature, but because all things are spiritual to the Lord, as we learn in Doctrine and Covenants section 29 verse 34, working on temporal habits and practices will also result in spiritual benefits. Once, when I asked the Lord what I could start doing that would most improve my life, he said, Limit your sugar consumption. On the surface, sugar consumption had nothing to do with my spirituality. But in following the Lord's counsel, I discovered that limiting my sugar intake cured my chronic headaches from which I had suffered for many years. 
It also gave me better mental clarity. The combination of increased mental clarity and no headaches greatly improves my ability to hear God's voice and follow through with his instructions. As it turns out, sugar, for me, was an invisible yet massive factor in my spiritual growth. Once, when I asked the Lord what I could stop doing that would most transform my life, he said, stop dawdling. That instruction came at a time when I was immersed in a million different things. I was so busy I could scarcely see straight, yet the Lord told me to stop wasting time. At first, I was almost offended. Did God not realize how many balls I was trying to juggle? How could he even think I was dawdling? Perhaps I heard that wrong. Then I examined my life with greater precision. I saw how many times I picked up my phone to check email or social media when I should have been concentrating on work. I saw hours of scrolling, online window shopping, and mindless entertainment that was nothing more than distraction. I could not deny my dawdling any longer, yet I complained to myself and to the Lord about being too busy and stressed to be effective in my responsibilities. I imagine he was patiently waiting for me to see the irony of my situation. Once, the Lord told me to stop second-guessing and start moving forward. At that point, my tendency to overthink was keeping me stuck in several different areas of my life, and the Lord was inviting me to stop thinking and start acting. The Lord always knows what will help us transform our lives. He knows what things we need to start doing and to stop doing to feel more grounded and more faithful. He knows how we can effectively trade up, and he will share that information with us if we come to him seeking. Can I offer you one word of warning, though? When we ask the Lord to tell us how to improve, we must do so with the intent to hearken unto his counsel and to actually put it into practice in our lives. Asking for guidance and then choosing not to implement it because we don't actually want to do the thing that he told us that we should do will keep us stuck. And I assure you, I have absolutely done that. And then if we come asking the same question again later, we may get the same answer. I love what Elder Dale G. Renlund taught about this in October 2022 General Conference. He said, Quote, if we have received personal revelation for our situation and the circumstances have not changed, God has already answered our question. We do not need to ask again, but can trust the answer God has already given. Close quote. As we apply what the Lord teaches us about ourselves, we will learn to follow him with confident steps and greater faith. We will learn to more fully trust him. We will feel his presence and hear his voice in our lives with greater clarity. Back in 1980, President Spencer W. Kimball said this, quote, I have learned that where there is a prayerful heart, a hungering after righteousness, a forsaking of sins, and obedience to the commandments of God, the Lord pours out more and more light until there is finally power to pierce the heavenly veil. A person of such righteousness has the priceless promise that one day he shall see the Lord's face and know that he is, close quote. The three things he invites us to do are to have a prayerful heart, forsake our sins, and live the commandments with obedience. Those three things lead to more light until we can pierce the heavenly veil. 
Isn't that a beautiful promise? To pierce the heavenly veil, to open the windows of heaven. And all three of those practices, a prayerful heart, forsaking of sins, and obedience to the commandments, are built into the practice of trading up. They will also, as President Nelson promised in his aforementioned quote to the Sisters of the Church, give us greater access to the power of God in our lives. So I ask you, my friends, what will you trade up? What will God tell you to stop doing and to start doing that will most transform your lives? Your shine challenge for this week, my friends, is to ask him those two questions and then write down what he tells you. Make a plan to move forward and together let's stand. Thank you so much for being here, my friends. I will see you back here again next week. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement, find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepherd. That's two N's, two P's, and an A-R-D, or at LynetteShepherd.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again, and remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.